seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, and Baroness Orpsey's immortal character, The Scarlet Pimpernel. Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. During one of our short respites in England, I had the misfortune to break a leg in the hunting field. The accident could scarcely have been more mistimed. For a while, anyway, it seemed the burden of our work must rest on the strong shoulders of Tony Dewhurst. Make me for heaven's sake stop worrying. You're like a crotchety old colonel with gout. It isn't fair. What have I done to deserve it? Oh, of all things, a broken leg. Oh, it's fate, me. Exacting a small penalty for the hundred and one times you've flaunted your neck and fate. Oh, fiddlestick. Start with those letters. They're from the foreign secretary. Ah, Dear old fellow, bless his heart. Still keeping up the pretense he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> My dear Blakeney, I thought you might be interested... In the enclosed letters, our mutual friend, Lord Corporate writes me. Uh-huh. I am addressing you in the faint hope that the exacting demands on your time will allow you for a few moments to reflect upon the plight of my daughter, Caroline, and her companion, Theresa James, neither of whom have I received a word since they went to Spain nearly a year ago. Caroline, as you know, was always a headstrong and willful child, and whilst both her mother and I counseled her on the dangers of sending travel in Europe during these couple of times, we fear she may have crossed to France just before Spain entered the war. Recently, we have received rumors confirming our belief, and I am now convinced that both Caroline and Teresa are somewhere in France and in grave danger. <laughs> you remember Caroline, Terry? Caroline Corthorpe? Oh, yes. yes. A horrible child. Hot, nasty disposition, and a strong addiction to lemonade. Now, that was when she was 12. When I last saw her, she was 20. No spots. A lovely young girl. Mm. That the addiction to lemonade has changed to an inordinate capacity for alcohol. <laughs> Poor old Calthorpe. She led him a terrible down. <laughs> he seems to have sent a second letter to the foreign secretary. Oh. Uh, since I last wrote, I've heard from a reliable source that Caroline married a colonel in the French army. She's desperately unhappy, and my informant tells me that her action was motivated as a measure to save the lives of herself. And that of her companion, Theresa James. Uh-huh. At the moment, she is living at her husband's quarters near Dijon. 
Uh, I beg of you. Well, I suppose the foreign secretary wants you to help, eh? <laughs> well, I suppose so. Do you think she's worth it? Mm. He knows that Calthorpe is an old friend of mine. Well, you can't go yourself. Oh, don't be upset. It's pity about your leg, but there you are. Broken and it won't mend tomorrow. You must let me go. No. Positively no. <laughs> Inevitably, Tony went with two others of the league, Harding and Burns. And for three months, whilst that wretched leg of mine was mending, I waited in vain for news of them. One evening in late December, I was reading in my study. A person wishing to see you, sir. Uh, what name? He says his name and business are for um, your ears alone, sir. I'll tell him to carry him. I found myself staring at a man whom I judged to be still on the careful side of 40 yet upon whose face was stamped the suffering of a lifetime greater than his own. His appearance was wildly disheveled. He looked desperate and tired. Your friend has fallen into the hands of Chauvelin. So, where is he held? Speak out. At the Chateau Bleu in Dijon. How do you know this? I myself was present when he was taken. Oh, is it like a do exist to help him, but uh, his misfortune reminded me of a death. A death I've longed to repay for six years. Well? Six years ago... You were instrumental in rescuing my wife and children from the clutches of hope. Yeah. You must remember them, sir. <laughs> there have been so many. Go on. With your help, they would have died in the last... They are alive and well. Thanks to you, sir. But now, my greatest desire is that you will confer upon me the honor of helping you and your brave comrades. You seem to have done a great deal already. What are the others, Harding and Burns? The news of them? Saw them before I left uh, in Dijon and wait your arrival. I'll be there in ten days. Meanwhile, my house is at your disposal. Oh, can't I go with you? My dear fellow, you're scarcely fit to travel. Consider your debt be paid, please. Stay here and rest. The remainder of the League were engaged on service in various parts of Europe, so I traveled alone. The following week, I reached Calais in the guise of a fisherman. The fire had given me the name and address of a friend who was expecting me. He was a taller skipper. I called at his house late one night. Jacques Vernel? Who are you? From the Farge. Come inside. I've been expecting you. You can speak freely, monsieur. This old lady is my mother. She is quite deaf, and this young lady... How do you do? It was the girl to whom Lord Calthorpe referred in his letter. Theresa James, his daughter's companion. She was about 25 and quite lovely. I'm a friend of Hardy's. He wanted to meet you here, but I persuaded him to remain in Dijon. Why? Well, I can travel without difficulty. I have a position as governess to a French military family. You have news of Tony Duhast? It is rumored that Chauvelin intends to execute him in the next two days. Why has he not done so before? Chauvelin has been reckoning on a double execution. For weeks he has been trying to persuade your friend to lure you into a trap. He doesn't know Tony. What has become of Lady Caroline? Poor Caroline, I'm afraid. Well? She died a month ago. I see. What about yourself? Do you wish to leave France? Yes, that is possible. But first to yourself. A platoon of soldiers is billeted close to the Chateau at Dijon. Tomorrow at midday there will be a new recruit from Marseille. And if you were to prevent his arrival and take his place, you could perhaps gain access to the Chateau. Uh, this recruit, will he be traveling alone? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Along the road from Marseille. Well, that part is simple enough. We reached 
the outskirts of Dijon would scarcely an instant to relieve the monotony of the journey. Night was again descending over the countryside when I stopped the coach. A new room for one night, you citizen? Yeah, very cold. I have 20 soldiers built on me. Oh, how the devil they are too. Oh, so it seems. Now, uh, let me see. Uh, oh, only a mattress, I'm afraid, but better than nothing, eh? Oh, citizen. Better than the dungeons of Chateau Bleu, for example. An improvement, I'm sure. <laughs> I hear citizen Chauvelin has captured one of the Pimpernel's men. Is it true? I believe it is, citizen. Between ourselves, the execution is better sometimes with me. Some of the good fellows here have had the pleasure of forming a fire squad. Oh, soldiers have all the fun. They say them. I followed him across the room until we arrived at a curtain recess. Inside was a door. It was locked. I stepped across the threshold, and behind me the door closed abruptly. I was in pitch darkness except for a pencil of moonlight that pierced the shuttered window. Close at hand, I could hear someone breathing. Who's there? <laughs> Hardy. <laughs> Forgive the elaborate precautions, Blake. Uh, luckily, my heart doesn't trouble me. Good to see you, if I could see you. I'll uh, get accustomed to the light. Where's Outside in the yard. We kept watching you until you arrived, but we cannot call out too many soldiers, darling. Burns identified you to the landlord. You knew I was coming here? Yes, the girl Teresa arranged it with us before she left Dijon. What about this landlord? Why do you trust him? Ah, greed, Blakeney. Application of one of your own philosophies. Always trust a greedy man if you can satisfy his greed. Well, for the moment, he's satisfied. And since he's aided us once for money, he'll betray himself by betraying us. If the money runs up. Any news of Tony? Well, if he's alive, that's all we've been able to find out. I think Chauvelin has delayed the execution in the hope of... Using him as bait for you. Sir, there's still time. I wish I knew how much. You have a plan? Yes. It will involve only myself. My intention was to adopt the idea suggested by Teresa. If all went well, it would result in my inclusion among the firing squad details for Tony's execution. The irony of the situation would hardly fail to amuse Tony. Precisely what I should do then would depend upon whether I could pass a message to Tony. Meanwhile, I instructed Harding to return to England with Burns. We met the following morning on the fringe of a wood close by the road to Marseille. Blakeney, you can't ask us to leave you here on your own. I'm not asking you, Harding. I'm ordering you. It's not right. Suppose your plan fails. If it fails, my dear Burns, Chauvelin will have the satisfaction of reducing the league by two, but not by four. Now, off with you. Good luck. Good luck to you, Blakeney. I watched them out of sight. I moved to some high ground, commanding a good view of the road, and waited. The faint tap of a horse's hooves warned me of the new recruit's arrival. Suddenly, he came into view, and I moved down to the road. He was wearing a corporal stripe. I was in luck. It meant in all probability he would be in charge of the firing squad. Citizen, the corporal! Yeah! What is it, citizen? I have lost my way. Can you help me? Where do you want to go? Oh, it's a small village. The, the name escaped me. It's marked on this piece of paper, but my eyesight is so bad. But perhaps you would look at it for me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Here, hold my horse, citizen, while I dismount. Now, you keep the horse still while I... 
Colonel Villar reporting for duty, Sergeant. Good. We have need of you, Corporal. Not enough NGOs in this company. Discipline gone by the board. So many raw recruits on our strength. Sergeant Lorraine. Citizen Chauffeur. At your service. Huh? Who is this man? Corporal Dina, Citizen. A new recruit for A Company. Ah, Corporal Dina. At your service. Citizen Chauffeur. Guard! Arrest him! He is no more a corporal in the French army than I am. He is the Pimpernel. returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. your genius, monsieur. I knew you'd come as long as I kept your friend alive. But I confess I was at a loss to know how to recognize you. <laughs> but it will teach you, monsieur Pimpernel, never to trust a woman, especially one who owes her allegiance to France. To France? The woman you know as Teresa James is now married to one of my staff officers. Surprise, monsieur? <laughs> Doubtless you will be pleased to know they are very happy together. Take him away. <laughs> they got to get on each other's nerves. Ah, they we'll die tomorrow. Until dawn, they'll be able to talk about all oh, the They will if the rats give them any peace. <laughs> all right, my scarlet pimpernel. Inside. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Oh, I wish I could say I'm glad to see you. You're rather unkind, I must say. anything to rat. Even the two-legged shoveler. Oh, they're not so bad when you get used to them. Tell me what it 
Idiot, I see. I've allowed myself to get fooled from the very beginning. First by that Frenchman Lafarge who came to me in London with news of your arrest, and then by that traitorous Therese. Yes, you can imagine how I felt. They planned the whole thing and then told me how they were going to trap you. Every move you made after leaving Dieppe, they reported back to me. I'd be literally watching the net closing around you. They were so sure. Thanks for that. Jezebel. She told me Caroline was dead. Oh, she isn't dead. Well, she's here in this Cassie Chateau. A prisoner? No, no. Both the girls married French officers. <sighs> Rosa, Lieutenant, and Caroline. Uh, she did better for herself. She hooked her Lieutenant Colonel. He was the governor of the prison. So Caroline is a traitress, too. Hmm. All we need now is a visit from her. I hear the jailer is talking about her sometimes. She's, she's a hellcat, by all accounts. Spends most of her time at the bottle. I shouldn't imagine she even knows we're here. But Tony was wrong. Three hours must have called by. I was half asleep. Let me. What's that? Only citizen Chauvelin is permitted to see the prisoners, madame. He gives you order in charge. By what right did you dare to question the governor's wife? Open this door or I'll have your head, you ill-man of peace. Charlie, surely it is. Caroline? Well, don't do it. Do you obey or do I respond you to my husband for insulting me? <laughs> well, well. The Scarlet Pimpernel at home. <laughs> it's a little different from a soft English drawing room, eh? A little, but it has its compensation. Really? Such as? Rats are not treacherous, and they are sober. Zella, come here. Why are these men not in chains? There were no orders to chain them. They are my orders. Do so at once. Very well. I hope this does not get to the ears of Citizen Chauvelin. If you say Hellcat, it's an understatement. Why does she hate us like that? She's raving mad. I heard that. Mad, you say. I'll show you who's mad. Have you finished, Jenna? Yes, you could. Wait for me outside. But she just said... I said outside. Get out. What devil is she planning now? I'm sorry about the train, Percy. Without them, you would never have left us alone. Are you... No, you the time. I'm supposed to be drunk. Usually I am drunk. Tonight, for once, I managed to keep sober. Now, listen carefully. Teresa's husband is in charge of the execution squad. An excellent choice. He'll make sure there are no mistakes. No, no, no. On the contrary, he's a good man. Humiliated by his wife's treachery, he feels dishonored. It wasn't easy for me to persuade him, but I succeeded in the end. It's a desperate chance, but it's your only chance. <laughs> with our backs to the wall facing the firing squad. They were standing at ease. A few yards to our left, Chauvelin was chatting to a group of officers. Thirty yards away, the death cart that was to carry us to the burial ground stood etched against the sky. To our right, the young lieutenant in charge waited tensely. The sergeant came towards him to make his report. The seconds crawled. Ready, Terry? Ready. But I'd feel better if our hands weren't bound. Now, wait one second after the blanks are discharged, then fall flat on your face. Oh, here's hoping they really are blanks. I wonder if we really can trust Caroline. Little to know who one can trust. But I think Caroline's all right. Unless she started drinking again. Good Lord, you... Why? Here comes Chauvelin. 
Well, Pimpernel, this I am afraid is adieu. Why don't you get it over, Monsieur Chauvelin, and gloat afterwards? <laughs> don't tell me the Scarlet Pimpernel is afraid. Shall we say impatient? Ah, well, it had to end this way, Monsieur. But before it ends, will you not tell me your name? Monsieur, that is one favor I will not grant you. Carry on, Powder! Wheels of a death cart that was to carry us to freedom. At least, we hope. Take them to the burial ground and wait. Wait, wait, wait. For how long? Until I have spoken to the lieutenant. Oh, can't we get on with the burial? As soon as I give it over. Ah, nothing but red tape these days. <laughs> I suppose you've got to look up an army rule. Do as I tell you. Oh, all right, all right. Well, hurry up. The grave's dug. All we've got to do is to put them in. <laughs> then perhaps you won't mind. If we have some breakfast. I don't suppose the task will affect your appetite. Uh, allez, uh, allez. All right, baby. I'll tell you after we're buried. Are these great diggers part of the past? I wish I knew. Yes, it's a comforting night. I suffer a little from claustrophobia. I knew a man who buried himself for a wager. He was under six feet of earth for 20 minutes. How did he feel when they dug him out? Dead. Oh. I hope you're working on those cords. That quaint note of reassurance. I'm working harder than ever. Oh, I, I can't budge them at all. Cutting into my wrist. <laughs> it were made to last a lifetime. The cord binding us stood between us and freedom. If we couldn't get them loose by the time we reached the burial ground, our last hope was invested in the possibility of assistance from the grave diggers. Any luck, Blakeney? Not a hope. Now, Marius Goring 
as the Scarlet Pimpernel. should reach port within the hour. Yes? Oh, you don't seem very pleased. I was thinking. Yes, yeah, so was I. Clean sheets. I've stared in a whole week of sleep. I was thinking of poor Caroline. The one person in France who knows my true identity. And I was thinking of the little man who held up Chauvelin's guard to enable us to reach the woods. I wonder who he was. I talked to the skipper today, Tony. Mm-hmm. He was telling me about a little Frenchman he brought over to France on his last trip. A man whom I was fool enough to think a traitor. That Frenchman sang our praises from the moment he stepped on board to the time he went ashore. He talked of a debt he owed us. Somehow he was determined to repay it in his own way. His name was Defarge. Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, is produced by Harry Allen Towers.